Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest today who appeared back in September 2021, so just over uh, a year ago, which is episode 175. Um, it's one of our higher ranking uh, episodes. So we want to welcome back Peter Dembecki, who's the president and CEO of Tier One Silver, who are an exploration company um, that was a spun out of uh, Orion Resources in 2020. The company's focused in creating significant value for shareholders through the discovery of world-class silver, gold, and base metal deposits in Peru. Peter has a background in wealth management and he's going to give us an update on the company and how his first 18 months have been in the CEO role. So that's welcome, uh, Peter, to the podcast. How are you doing, Peter? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me back. No, I appreciate your time as well. I know you've been busy. You were at Beaver Creek last week. Um, and obviously, just speaking off air, um, it seems it was obviously success. So um, just wondered if you can give us a background about yourself, for those that haven't listened to the previous episode, um, which I encourage you guys to have a, have a look at that episode, um, which was back, uh, which was episode 175, um, and then obviously compare it to this episode. So just wanted to give us a, a quick overview of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, Oren Resources, as you mentioned, was our parent company, uh, which was founded by Ivan Bevick and Sean Wallace, who together had multiple exits for shareholders and multiple discoveries over the over the years. And, uh, you know, putting together this huge company that was, you know, TSX listed, New York Stock Exchange listed company with a huge uh, projects uh, spread out over Canada and South America. They really wanted to unlock the value of the company, so they split the company into three: uh, Fury Gold, which took all the Canadian assets; uh, Copernico, uh, formerly called Sombrero, which has a huge land package, copper gold project in in Peru, and and working on another thing hasn't yet listed. But the third company, Tier One Silver Mine, uh, which we listed just last June. So. When Ivan and Sean uh, came to me, because uh, I was at Canaccord Genuity as a on the wealth management side, as you mentioned, you know, for over ten years, they really wanted someone to uh, lead this company that has that capital markets experience. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a huge gap between geology and and investor knowledge, and for someone to be able to come in and bridge that gap uh, to really be able to tell the story, to translate uh, everything and what it means, and and really show the potential of what a project could be. Uh, so I was that guy and I was, you know, it, it was a big decision for me, but at the end of the day, a pretty easy one to join the company. So uh, let's fast forward to, to what's happened since then. And, and um, you know, last summer, we, we listed our company as a publicly traded company on its own. Uh, so we've only been, been public for a little over a year on our own. And uh, it's been just a phenomenal year so far. Just wanted to give us an overview of uh, Tier 1 Silver for those that um, don't know too much about the company. Of course. So uh, when Tier 1 first came to be, we sent our geologists out into Peru to scan the entire country for the number one precious metals target uh, to go and, and, and latch ourselves to. Uh, and sure enough, it came back at Curabay, our flagship project. Uh, but one of the most ironic 
points of this is that it landed us in the middle of this copper porphyry belt, which is home to some of the majors in the world, in Latin America. Uh, Cerro Verde, Tocapala, Cajone, Queadeco, these are the huge copper open pit mines. And here we are all, you know, within 100 kilometers of all of these giants and the giants uh, in northern Chile. And we have this precious metal set, this epithermal system that we came across. And when the grades first came back on our first rock sample uh, uh, exploration program, uh, no one in the industry had ever seen grades like this before. Uh, up to 300,000 grams silver, up to a kilogram of gold, 75 plus samples over Bonanza grade, 1,000 gram per ton silver and 2.5 gram per ton gold emanating over this 20 square kilometer footprint. So these grades were just mind boggling. Like, what did we come across here? So let's follow up with the channel sampling and trenching, uh, which is the natural course of action to do when you're doing exploration on a property that had never before been explored. And sure enough, we followed it up and replicated these results in channel samples and trenches, uh, which for your listeners is basically the second best thing to a, a good drill result that you can get. 12 kilos, six kilos, eight kilos, multiple bonanza grade hits, larger, wider intercepts of 20 meters of 300 grams per ton silver. So these are very highly economic grades to go after. And so we launched our, our, our first drill program on the back of these results last summer. And, uh, and in our first six holes, got our first bonanza grade intercept subsurface. So this was a big sigh of relief for us because no longer were we dealing with some sort of a surface anomaly, we were able to replicate these grades subsurface. Uh, we had a couple more economic grade intercepts and in our last hole of the entire campaign, which set us off on a great momentum, uh, was our best intercept of one and a half meters of 1.2 kilos silver. So to have 30% of all of your drill holes being economic grade in the very first drill program, well, usually any geologist will tell you in their very first drill program, they just want to see some smoke. They just want to see some indication that there is something somewhere nearby. The fact that we have these economic grades uh, in that many holes was just, it just shows to the strength of the system and it shows the expertise of our, of our technical team. So where are we at today? Uh, we wrapped up in, in December, our final drill program. We weren't satisfied. We wanted to know what comes next. So we hired two world-renowned uh, uh, consultants to come down to the property in February, walk the grounds with our technical team and give us an unbiased, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are we on the right track? And sure enough, both of them independently said, you guys are on it. This is a story of actually elevation and a story about erosion. So something is driving this precious metals, the silver system to the surface. And if you go north on your property, you have about 500 more meters of elevation that you could really, you're gonna find your, your meteor hits, uh, your bigger widths, and the silver won't be as eroded as it is lower down where you were drilling. So we're like, great, like this is exactly what we wanted to hear. Uh, that area that they're talking about uh, is now incorporated into our new drill program, into our new drill permit that we just received. And so things in Peru are ticking along fantastically well. Uh, you know, people talk about the country and civil unrest, which I'm sure we can get to, but we got our exploration permits in, in an expedited manner. Both times we've applied for it. And so we are, we're, we're ready to get going. The second thing that these consultants came to us and said, I'm sure you guys were just focused on the silver, uh, but there's every indication that you're sitting on top of a huge copper porphyry. So now the lights are going off in our head because we're thinking, aren't we on the right address? You know, we're on that copper porphyry belt, but it just so happens we have that complete system. And as Christian Rios, who's our, our exploration uh, SVP in, in Peru, who has been a part of multiple silver discoveries before in Peru, says we have the only complete system in Southern Peru. We have the epithermal system 
on top of that porphyry, uh, it is a it is a huge opportunity for us to go and test. So why do you think no one else has made that discovery or even got close to it? You know, I think uh, over the years, people have been looking in this this area, this gap in the system where you have major, 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 major gap in the system, then they start up again in northern Chile. They're really looking for some surface uh, indication that, that the copper porphyry was there. And so it costs a lot of money to fly geophysics blindly over an area if there's no indication. Uh, but the fact that nobody was probably looking for a precious metal system in this area helped us a lot. So when we came upon this, we did our drill holes and our exploration only because of our first round of exploration did we find indication of a porphyry. And so I think uh, no one being able to have made that step before gave us the advantage. And now, obviously, the majors in the area have taken notice because for years people have been looking for this copper porphyry in our area, and it appears that we have it. And I wonder if you just tell us about the geologists that you've got on board now. Like you said, they're well-renowned. I just wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about them and, and obviously how excited they are uh, yeah. with this uh, discovery. For sure. So... Uh, in uh, in the winter time, around Christmas time, we brought on Christian Rios, who was a part of our operations team at the time. Uh, he, uh, Dave Smithson, our former SVP of exploration, retired from the business uh, due to personal reasons, and and uh, you know we wish him well. He did a fantastic job getting us to this point, uh, but it wasn't project related; it was it was personal. And the fact that we didn't have to look very far to find the replacement because Christian Rios. It's like having uh, an all-star in whatever sports league that you follow, a Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, sitting on the bench. And when we brought him out and really dug into his resume, then this guy's had multiple silver discoveries under his belt, uh, formerly with Bear Creek uh, and other companies in Peru. So the guy is completely uh, stuck into Latin America and globally. Everyone knows him. I can't walk around the conference for more than five minutes without someone pulling him aside and 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 trying to get you know an idea of what he's working on. So we're so fortunate to have that for him to reinterpret the data from the first round and put, kind of put it his own kind of uh, uh, a fingerprint on the exploration project now. And so uh, we're running with him. He is fantastic, uh, incredible pedigree, and it also helps to have a Peruvian uh, at the helm down there. So we're, we're really lucky. Yeah. Um, you just obviously come back from Beaver Creek. How was that conference? It was excellent. Uh, you know, it is, uh, if not the best, one of the best globally for mining conferences, you know, to be able to sit down one-on-one -on -one with majors, one-on-one -on -one with your largest shareholders or even new shareholders, potential shareholders, uh, investment banks. You know, there's, there's so many great uh, ways to communicate the story, but to have that one-on-one -on -one in-person uh, uh, conversation that allows you to really dig into the details and get uh, a geologist's point of view, get the CEO's point of view, and, and also get their point of view from the other side of what they're looking at, what they're looking for, and what they're impressed by. Um, so it is is massively valuable to for for companies and issuers like myself. You know, the, the obviously we know that the market sediment is isn't exactly on fire right now. Uh, people are really tentative to to really get things going, but. Uh, for an issuer, we have to keep moving in the background, keep the story progressing, keep moving this thing forward. Uh, because when we do hit, uh, as, I, as I think we've done a pretty good job, is we need to have the table set and not scrambling for when we really start making you know the, the discovery really massive on a world scale. And we do. We have the attention of, of all the majors that we want and even some coming in as of late. So it's, it's, it's really intriguing and great, great event. Um, just want to talk about your other projects. So how, how is the um, Hurricane Silver project coming along? 
Yeah, Hurricane Silver has been probably the most uh, intriguing. Um, you know, everybody knows what we have and potentially have a curve eye, and it's just about drilling this thing out and proving it. Hurricane Silver came to us, and we didn't have any social access to it when we first acquired that option. And it's a big district, 30,000 hectares. It's located north of the city of Cusco by about 60 kilometers, so different terrain, different area of Peru. And again, not a lot was, was really known about it. We had these great historical uh, channel samples, rock samples with high-grade silver. So just late in the fall, right before Christmas, we had a three-week window to send up our team and do kind of a reconnaissance you know, channel sample, rock sample. And sure enough, the grades came back, economic grade, bonanza grade. It kind of gave us that green light. Okay, this we want to pursue this. So what happened over the next four or five months is we got social access to the northern area of that property, kind of separated from the, that original area that we had access to. And this area did come with historical drill results. And these drill results were insane. You know, 14 meters of 5.5% copper equivalent, but most notably comes with cobalt, platinum, palladium. Uh, but the one that really has everybody scratching the head is it came with 0.62% nickel. So this is important because Peru uh, is not known to host copper nickel systems. You usually have to go to Brazil or to Russia. Uh, we all know the Norlisk uh, uh, deposit in Russia that can span four kilometers. These copper nickel deposits have a tendency to do that. So it's a real, like I said, uh, uh, it has the majors kind of scratching their head because no one's ever found it before. And so everybody's scrambling to kind of figure out, you know, what is this? What did we stumble upon here? And so the next step there is obviously we need to go find out how big this thing could actually be. We know that the grades are there, you know, five and a half percent copper and 0.60% nickel. These are crazy. Uh, and so these things, you know, it's kind of a sill and uh, they can they can just span for a kilometer. So let's get back up there. Let's do some geophysics to really, uh, uh, you know, uncover how big this could be more mapping and trenching. Uh, so, yeah, again, just like Curabaya, what we started off as a silver, 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 and then have this base metal story coming to life. Uh, Hurricane Silver, we had silver targets, silver targets, and now we have these copper nickel battery metals coming to life. Uh, it's a good problem to have. Uh, we just got to make sure that you know our bandwidth doesn't spread too far, and and then we can really join up and 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 tell that story correctly up at Hurricane Silver. Uh, you mentioned about civil unrest in Peru. Just wonder what is exactly happening there, and how do you sort of see it playing out? And and also, I suppose how how will it affect how will it affect you, Tier One? Yeah, so I mean, uh, I probably got most of my gray hairs last summer in June when. Uh, we were about to list our company in the exchange. And in that same week, uh, Peruvians were hosting their federal election. And you had two candidates that, you know, uh, <laughs> you really couldn't choose who you wanted to be in there. Uh, uh, um, you know, former convicted uh, person who had been running for her fourth time or a third or fourth time with, with no success and has a family history of, of maybe some corruption. On the other side, you had... Uh, this extremist socialist who was using some pretty dangerous language at the time. Um, so we were just like, what are we what are we rooting for here? Are we in trouble? And um, sure enough, uh, like Ross Beatty says, uh, famous mining mogul, politics in Peru is a short term, mining is long term. And what you soon realize is no matter who gets elected, uh, nothing gets done, which isn't great for Peruvians because they deserve more. Uh, but as far as exploration companies concerned, nothing really changes. We've known that because we received two drilling permits uh, within that time period 
uh, for Cura by our original FTA, and then more recently our DIA, which which allows us for 20 more pads, up to 200 holes. Uh, we've got environmental permits, social access in in both of our properties. So again, nothing changes really, and and Peruvians are quite used to that. So there might be some headline news around which way the country is steering. Uh, as in most cases in Latin America and globally, it's taken a big swing to the left. Um, but again, nothing really gets done, much ado about nothing. And it looks like we're gonna be working on another replacement for the president in, in Peru uh, within the next year. So we know not to get too overly nervous about that, um, uh, but we obviously watch it really closely. Where the civil unrest occurs is at these massive mining operations uh, that have five, six, 7,000 employees that have been promised so much each election that the financial economic uh, gains from these properties are going to trickle down to them and, and they've never seen it. And so they're rightly so they're, they're unhappy. They're upset because uh, they really thought they had a voice with Pedro Castillo. And at the end of the day, his, his capability fell a lot really short. So uh, as far as exploration, we really do fly under the radar. Uh, the most important thing for any exploration company in Peru uh, is is your relationship with your communities. Because if you don't have that, your government permits are worth nothing. Uh, so we're so fortunate that we have such a great team on the ground to to keep those relationships positive. Yeah. And how, e how easy the relationships, with, obviously you mentioned the relationships with the local communities is good and obviously important. Just wonder if you can expand on that. Yeah. So for example, uh, at Curabaya, we have uh, one community uh, that... Uh, we're partnered with at, at our at our flagship site, um, and really, you know, it's such a great setup. We have no uh, archaeology, no agriculture, no residences. This is Atacama Desert, uh, very minimal footprint uh, by humans, environmentally, anything. Um, the biggest thing that we use down there is is water, and you know, it's a, something that we could completely have reclaimed uh, back to nature once once all is said and done, and so. The fact that our only community, our community partners, they actually came out and, and blessed our drill program last summer with a religious ceremony. They understand uh, the economic impact that something, if something were to occur, like a, a mine were to occur in the future, what it could do for them economically. Because you have to realize that Peru is in a different spot than maybe Europe or some countries in Europe or North America, you know, people want to work. They don't want to stop mining in Peru. They know that this is a big part of their GDP, a big part of their livelihood. And so they're highly in favor of projects happening uh, if the right people are there and they're doing the right thing. And so the fact that we have their support like that is just truly amazing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a big part. It's making sure that you have teams on the ground and not going to the communities just when you need something from them. It's about opening a dialogue for them, saying, how are things going? You know, what can we do for you on all points uh, to make their lives easier, more supportive and everything? Because it takes more than just waving money. Um, Peruvians have been known to have uh, uh, international mining companies in there all the time. And the biggest thing for us that I look at as an advantage in Peru is that, um, you know, a lot, it, it takes time to, to dig in and, and understand these communities and their needs. Uh, it keeps a lot of public companies away because they don't have the time or the patience to, to deal with community. So I'm all for the high barrier to entry because it let, lets us have more Peru and, and uh, allows us to explore. And it's such a great country to operate. Um, obviously you've been in the CEO role for the last 18 months or so. Um, what, what have been some of the challenges being in that position? Um, is it everything that you expected or is there a few things thrown in that was uh, unpredicted? 
You know, I think um, it's been a fantastic uh, journey for me so far, as short as it seems. It seems like I just started. Uh, but again, this silver, uh, gold, copper, nickel, this has been in the ground for 50, 60 million years, right? And it's the people above the ground that could either screw it up or, or make it a success. You know, so the biggest, uh, uh, I guess, uh, challenge, I wouldn't say it's a struggle or a headwind, is just dealing with people, whether it's in the office or whether it's on the ground in Peru in our operations, it's moving the pieces around, um, trying to figure out and coordinating everything. Uh, so people and, and of course, money, you know, capital markets, uh, when we first launched our, our company was, was a different scene. Silver was at $30 an ounce. Um, people were willing to throw us uh, a lot of money blindly. We hadn't even started drilling and um, uh, they just wanted that next silver play. That's the power of silver when it's working. It outperforms everything else. And um, and since then, silver has had a huge correction over the last year. And now we're down to, you know, grinding away saying, you know, uh, how do we make the most out of every cent that we have in our treasury for our shareholders and stakeholders? Because we know that that money isn't going to be there forever. So. I would say people and, and capital uh, has been the biggest one. And, and you know, just hand-holding people through the perception of Peru, like we just talked about. Um, at some point last summer, there were newsletter writers spouting off saying that uh, divest in Peru, it's going to be the next Venezuela. Well, that's just ridiculous. Um, everybody needs clicks on their websites now, so they have to go to the extremes to get them uh, rather than really looking at, you know, uh, what the majors are doing in the area and, and are they going to withstand it and stick around. So. Yeah, it's just it's it has been uh, a bit of a handholding process at times, but I still love it. We have such an amazing shareholder base, such great uh, um, shareholders and stakeholders in the company that understand it, and, and everyone wants it to succeed. And that's the best thing is, regardless of what the capital markets are doing, regardless of what our performance has been on our share price, everybody wants us to succeed. Everything from our smallest shareholders uh, to our communities to the majors. You know, we get told all the time, if you guys hit this and this and this, we're going to be there for you. So we're a stage is set. We just got to execute and uh, and would love some help from the capital markets. But we're going to continue as if we're going to deal with this kind of market sediment for, for some time. Oh, that's good to hear, because obviously I, I'm also a, a smaller shareholder as well. So um, uh, um, so what's the outlook look uh, look like over the sort of next six to 12 months or six to nine months, say? Yeah, so uh, the biggest thing for me is to get the drills going uh, on our second program. Now we have this new area, this Kambaya corridor that we opened up that all these consultants told us to go to, which our geologists love, where our best channel samples, where our best rock samples came from. So it's about developing uh, uh, several handful of targets to go up there and hit the drill to. Also, we're currently conducting geophysics on this copper porphyry that we talked about at Kurabaya. So we really understand how deep we're dealing with uh, the size, the direction this thing's moving in, how close it is. And, and once we have our targets and everything ready to go, you know, we'll bring the drill out. We want to make sure that in this market, um, that we're very prudent with our capital spend and we're very methodical. We want to uh, measure three times and cut once uh, because we understand how valuable every meter of drilling is. So we don't want to blindly just go out there and start poking holes in the ground without some real direction in it. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to see this drill program uh, uh, targeting and, and the plan coming to life. And then my, my goal, obviously, is to, is to run a great program this fall. And then at Hurricane is really just expanding on this project, bringing it to light. And, and let's see that what we got up there with our silver targets and this copper nickel uh, discovery that we've come across. And lastly, just wondering if there's anything else you want to 
tell our audience um, and why and why maybe um, they should invest in you? Yeah, you know, I, I'm from the capital markets, so I spend a lot of time staring at the screen, uh, looking at our peers, uh, trying to determine, you know, what maybe our assets are comparable to around the world and, and the stage of exploration that we're at. You know, we've we've come off of a, a crazy start to the company last June where we flew up to a dollar ninety a share, almost $250 million market cap before we even had a drill program in place. And here we are today, just shy of 50 million in our shares, trading around 35 cents Canadian. Uh, so our value has come off. And in the markets, we're not special as much as uh, um, my mother would tell me, uh, you know, I'm not special. We're very much just like many of our peers who have fantastic assets, uh, but they're trading at such a discount to where they were 52 weeks ago. So you can pull up any junior mining company out there and find uh, something on sale uh, for you to go buy. Um, but I would look at the potential that we have compared to our peers. So, you know, as Christian Rio says, we have the complete system at Curabaya. We have a, a copper porphyry with an epithermal precious metal system, both of which could provide a world-class discovery in the, on their own. We have the same story at our Hurricane Silver. We have silver, and then we go up north to that uh, Nanohuaico San Cipriano area, and we have this copper nickel cobalt you know, discovery that we're going after. So multiple stories there. I don't know of any other junior exploration companies that have the people that we have, the technical um, uh, pedigree that we have, uh, the ability to raise capital and the projects, which has to lead the way uh, for an exploration company. I, I don't know if there's many comparables out there. And so if you like a company that has a lot of torque to it and are truly going after something world-class to be on the map as one of those major discoveries, then you don't have to look too much further than tier one silver. Peter, really appreciate your time. Uh, give us an update on obviously tier one. You've got an exciting uh, journey ahead on uh, two, maybe three of the assets that you've got. Wish you well for um, the next part of the drilling program um, and certainly um, a company to watch. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, they've got any questions about any of the uh, projects and assets you're involved in, how can they go about doing that? Are you across any social media platforms? Yeah, we're busy on, on all social media platforms, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, of course, YouTube. You can find many of my, my uh, interviews and media on there. But of course, uh, tier1silver.com, you'll find all of our information, our most current company presentation and, uh, and all the information about our share price. Yeah. Good luck with, uh, with uh, the rest of the drilling programs. Um, maybe you can come on there next year and give us an update because uh, it seems a couple of exciting projects that you've got there and a lot of potential. Hopefully I give you a reason to bring me on before, before a year. So looking forward to it, Rob. Yeah, no worries. Um, and those that are listening, um, appreciate you, uh, your continued support. Um, please share this episode amongst uh, friends, family, others in the industry. Um, an exciting story uh, tier one and Peter has here. So, um, appreciate your continued support and appreciate you uh, sharing this episode uh, with others uh, around the world. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.